Hi, this is Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, May 9th, 2022. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant this morning because two things caught my attention last week, both on LinkedIn, two events, two, two items that point towards, in my opinion, that are predatory practices out in the information security field, especially in the areas of helping small and mid-sized businesses. I'll go into a little bit more about my feelings on that after the break, but let me just dive straight into what the two items are. The first one is about midweek last week, I began seeing several posts from colleagues who apparently had attended a symposium or webinar on a CMMC presentation from a vendor. And this vendor was promising that they could make defense contractors compliant with CMMC within two to three days. You can't do that. You can't start from scratch and bring someone to compliance. I think that one of the, one of the, um, posters on LinkedIn had noted that uh, the way that they're doing this is that they'll provide you with just basically a policy set, um, POAMs, and uh, an SSP. So they just give you the paperwork, you put your name on it, and you're done, you're compliant. You can get compliant in only a few days, which would normally take months, a year, more. I know that there was a uh, um, at some point in time that I had, I've seen this beforehand where there would be groups out there that say, Hey, all you need is this policy suite and you've got a secure program. This goes on to uh, talk about not only just talking a little bit apparently about this particular vendor, but that they also have, um, sales training videos or something to the effect that, that has actually clients passwords and clear text that they have on a sales presentation. Now, I don't know who this vendor is and, and nor do I want to. I'm not here to publicly shame or slam a particular vendor. But if in fact that this isn't correct, this is a egregious um, lack of trust in the industry. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little mad right now just even thinking about it and then the second thing along a similar lines is that and this was something that was posted in one of the uh, groups that i'm involved in a closed group but they were uh, the poster was talking about and had put a link to a group that is offering uh certification as a virtual CISO. now Obviously, I've been in this space for quite some time. I know a lot of you have. I've never heard of there being an official certification for a virtual CISO from a certified uh, industry standard accredited group. And of course, I was interested. I wanted to see what this was all about. Perhaps maybe I need to do this if I'm going to continue to practice as a virtual CISO. So the, the hook was there. Um. So I went out to the website, and again, I am not going to say what website this is, what group this is, because I'm not about doing that here on the podcast. But I went out there and was, again, I'm getting a little mad, but very disappointed 
the 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 modules, if you will, are basically a training course for information security. In fact, module two says something along the lines of that you, this module will 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 get you to learn, will teach you the basics of in, information security fundamentals. If you're a CISO or a virtual CISO and you don't have those information security fund, fundamentals down, you, you you just cannot go and become certified and become an expert. And so another example of predatory practices, in this case, you've got two problems where you're not only producing a false sense of security for folks that are looking for virtual CISOs by having, hey, if this person has this certified CISO thing stamp on their website, they must be really good. And that's blatant misrepresentation. But of course, then you have the virtual CISOs that are also getting scammed because they're being charged thousands of dollars to take this useless course, which also does talk about you can become a VCSO at any point in your career, wherever you're at right now, you take this course and you're ready to be a VCSO. And that is simply not true. I'll have more to talk about this after the break. Early in my networking career, I became a um, certified net analyst, and I'm I'm struggling at the moment. It's on the tip of my tongue of the group. Pine Mountain Group uh, was the group that had had this certification, and the one thing that made this certification really good out the gate back then was that it was a um, it was a an industry an equipment a vendor agnostic certification and and for context i'm talking about mid 1990s here and it was a very well thought out course it was part of um uh networld and interop i think they were just called it interop at the time which was a at the time i think interop still exists but at the time it was the networking as in computer networking trade show that was in Vegas every year that I had the pleasure to go to many times. Wonderful thing. It learned an awful lot there. And this was an honest to goodness, solid course, solid. I think um, I ended up also becoming like, a, a, there's, there's another certification above that at the time. Uh, also at the time, uh, I became a um, certified network engineer for I think 312 Novell. And some of you may not know uh, what Novell is or was, but at the time, before there was Windows Server, before that was Windows NT, and before that was Novell. Novell owned the space back then, and they had a very good product, and through, I guess, bad business and marketing and development practices, let it slip away to Microsoft as far as the, the market share goes. Anyway, the reason why I bring those two up is that those were two certifications that were very difficult to get. You had to put in a lot of work for it and you you had to test for that. And the tests were not easy at all in order to get and maintain those certifications. And if I'm not mistaken, mistaken I think Novell required a certain amount of experience, provable experience as well too, similar to the CISSP today. Now, what ended up happening in the late 90s is that you started to have more... Um, 
boot camps, if you will, where you can go and you can become certified and in whatever NT you could, uh, you could, you could in Cisco get your boot camp, and then all these promises of great jobs afterwards. And I used to interview people that that had these certifications, and I'd ask them a simple question. I I think one of my favorite interview questions was, um, "Tell me, tell me about um, using uh, what, what uh, TCP." Uh, port 23. What's that used for? Well, it's Telnet. Okay, that's great. You answer the question. Congratulations. Tell me why that that may not be a great idea to use that as far as like external access for system management, for example. And sometimes I just get crickets. People could not apply the knowledge from the boot camp to practical situations. Great interview approach to do, by the way. And that, in a long about way, brings me, I wanted to give you that context as to why I have this almost visceral reaction to these sorts of stories that I hear out there, where people are looking for quick fixes or quick ways to make money or to scam folks to make, to get money. Um, I, I remember early on in my virtual CISO uh, a, a career that um, was talking with a potential partner about um, maybe working together to provide services. And they said, after all, the only reason why we're in this is to make money. The second time that they said that, I pushed back and, and said, that is not why I'm in this at all. Just like what I do here in the podcast and it's the same what I do in my virtual CISO world. I do it simply because I have a skill set that I think can help small and mid-sized businesses. It's about service. I my One of my mantras is, if you have a heart of a servant, you'll always be successful. And so when I see, when I see these obvious, obvious ways to, to pull at the strings or or, or or take advantage of folks that are really trying to get to a point of either being more secure or or providing great services, I I have, again, this reaction that I'm always going to fight about. So I, I know I've kind of gone on a little bit longer than normal, but suffice to say that I, I'm always going to call this out this practice out. I think that it's incumbent upon us in the information security industry to keep a high code of ethics. You have to, if you're a CISSP, part of your certification, part of your your promise for, for keeping that, but it's the right thing to do. Do things the right way. There are no shortcuts. I think I'm going to step off my soapbox for the day. <laughs> so if you have any comments about this, I'd love to hear from you. I also wanted to note that um, I sometimes will talk about this on Twitter. And um, if you want, go ahead and follow me at Newt Noise on Twitter. Uh, I'll explain the reason why that why I have chose that name. But basically, I've had that, that handle for about 30 years now. Um, I always follow back unless you're blatantly sales and you're trying to sell me something, but I'll always follow back. So thank you for listening. And um, I've got a great show coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about cyber insurance and uh, cyber risk, and that will drop at eight o'clock in the morning as well too. So hope to see you then. And until then, stay secure.